Many of you know a little bit of my story in that I moved around like my whole entire life. I went to like eight different schools in a matter of 13 years, so like quick math, I don't know, average a year and a half to a school all through school. A little bit brutal, right? And every time I moved, it got a little bit harder, a little bit harder. And so the hardest move I had was in the middle of my sophomore year of high school, okay? You guys are right here. You understand how hard it would be if you had to move schools, move states um, to somewhere where you knew nothing. So at the time I lived in Piedmont, Oklahoma, I had like a great group of friends. I had actually just moved to that school a year and a half earlier, my freshman year, but it was perfect because they started my freshman year in a brand new building. And so like all the freshmen, it was just us. It was like perfect. So I was able to make really good friends. There was five of us, we were in a club. It totally wasn't dorky, maybe a little bit it was. Um, but we would like go to my church on Tuesday mornings and we would make breakfast and we like study the Bible. It was super, super awesome. These friends were like legit good Christian friends, sharpening. It was amazing. Like I loved life. It was super good. My freshman beginning of my sophomore year. And then it happened again where my dad set us all down in the living room and he said, okay, we're moving again. And I was so devastated, I was so crushed. And he told us in November, and we moved the very next month in December in the middle of my sophomore year, just completely uprooting me from when I finally like, felt like I had really, really good friend group. And it was like such a good season to going to a humongous school. I literally, okay, so, sorry. I lived in Piedmont, Oklahoma. He tells us we're moving to Arkansas. Gross, right? Yes, ew, no one like, who likes Arkansas? Like, come on, like, no, somebody does. Um, so, so he's telling us, and not just anywhere in Arkansas, but Jonesboro, y'all, okay? This is like the ghetto of the ghetto of Arkansas, okay? This is where um, the West Side School shootings happened. Like way back in the day, I was like a little bit nervous and scared for this, what seemingly scary place. I just was like, no, I don't wanna go. And you know, in the South, they talk a little weird and a little slow sometimes times and I just didn't quite understand some of the language and their accents and how slowly they talked about things, okay? And so they have mosquitoes the size of your head and they have these things called chiggers that are bugs that crawl up in your skin and bite you and they itch and they give you blisters and like the only way to get rid of them is you put clear nail polish on them. Y'all, it's a real thing, I'm not kidding. So um, it was brutal, right? So I go into um, middle of my sophomore year into a school that was more than twice the size of the school I'd been at. Piedmont was like, I think I had like 120 students in my class. That's like a perfect size, right? Plenty of people to make friends with, but not like so small. And so I moved to a class of about 400 just in my grade alone. And I was like, oh my goodness, this is so brutal. Walking into a school, having no friends, knowing zero people. I think like the school made someone be my friend a little bit to like show me around so I wouldn't get lost and like, you know, so she at least like ate lunch with me a couple of times, which was nice, but I didn't know those people. I went to class with people. I had no idea who they were. Long story short, most brutal semester of my life was last semester of um, my sophomore year. However, in the midst of all of that, I'm super thankful for that really lonely season because 
I learned a lot about God and I learned a lot about the character and the friendship that God offers his people. And so I'm really thankful for that. And if I can just be real honest, I'm even in a similar situation right now, today in my life that I was a long time ago. So even when we feel like we have no friends, I have learned that we have one friend who is always there, and that is Jesus. And so as I've been like in this own season right now, as an adult wrestling with like, what does friendship look like for me right now? And what makes a good friend? And I've been asking kind of these questions to myself. Um, What I'm finding as I'm asking the Lord these questions is I'm finding that the person of Jesus encompasses all of the characteristics of a very best friend. And he fully encompasses them when people really can't fully encompass the best friend that we can have. So tonight I wanna talk about three of those quality that Jesus possesses that no human can fully possess. And that first reason is Jesus is our best friend because he listens. The Bible says in Psalm 116, one through two, I love the Lord because he hears my voice and my prayer for mercy. Because he bends down to listen, I will pray as long as I have breath. And I just, I love that picture. I think that's super amazing. Um, and, And so as I've been like wrestling with like, okay, I need a good listening friend, right? And, and Jesus is obviously that, but it reminds me of a friend that I had when I was younger that I'll just call Chatty Kathy for now. And um, I would say that I'm a fairly good listener, so maybe that's why she was so chatty with me. Um, but she would talk to me literally about everything from like what she ate that day to the cute boy that looked at her to like how stressed she is about school to the pugs that she's obsessed with. I don't, I'm, I don't really quite understand this, but I do remember, because I'm a good listener. Um, She was obsessed with pugs and she would say, they're so ugly. They're cute. I, I don't, I don't know. That's what I, that's what she would say about pugs and she was obsessed with them. And so um, she would like verbally vomit or I mean process on me. And um, so this started to happen often. And um, something would happen when I would want to speak back to her, when I would like want to add like, oh yes, you know, something happened to me today or like, oh, um, you know, and I would kind of want to interject and she'd be like, oh, I'm sorry, Sarah. I actually am really busy. I got to (laughs) go. You guys, I'm not kidding. This happened so much where like, I would be like, oh, remember? Um, And she'd be like, oh, I'm so sorry. I really need to go study. I'll see you later. Okay. I'm not kidding. It happened so much. Like I honestly begin to like, think I wasn't worth listening to. Like, I'm not kidding. Like this like started at at first. It was kind of funny. Like, is she she joking? I don't get it. No, she was very serious. And I like had to break up with her a little bit because it hurt my feelings so bad. Okay. Um, But Jesus totally redeemed this when he gave me my amazing husband. Um, Ladies, you can relate with me. We all need a good listening um, husband one day in our future because Lord knows we talk a lot. Okay. So Curtis is like such a good listener and he's so kind um, to, you know, listen to me verbally vomit. I mean, process with him too. So like he, he's so kind to do that. And um, I just think a, a little bit, it's unfair for me to expect anyone, especially my sweet, kind husband, who probably would listen to every thought, every struggle, everything I wanted to process. I think it's a little bit unfair to put that expectation on anyone, but especially my husband, to like listen to everything that I have to say, but we actually have this in Jesus. We can't fully expect a human to listen to every thought that comes across our mind or to help us process every little tiny 
you know, thing that we're going through, but we do have this in Jesus because just like that verse says, he bends down to listen to our prayers. And so something I've done fairly consistently throughout my life that I have found super invaluable is journaling. And um, I started at a really young age. In third grade, you didn't call it journaling, you called it Dear Diary, but that's besides the point. You you get what I mean, you know? So back then, journaling looked a little bit like, he's cute, and then you lock up your journal with a key, and that's what it looked like in the beginning. Um, It's evolved since then. Um, thank goodness. And now (laughs) journaling looks a lot more like praying to me where I love to write down my thoughts and my prayers. It's like a great like release for me when um, sometimes people can't fully understand what I'm going through. I can verbally process with the Lord and he listens and What's amazing, what I love about this is because sometimes I don't always make sense and Jesus doesn't need me to. (laughs) Jesus doesn't need my sentence and my grammar and everything to be, I don't have to have a noun and a verb in the exact right order and the preposition and you know, all of that. I don't have to have my English perfect for Jesus to listen to me. I can actually say one random thought and then another random thought and another random thought and he, he gets it and he can connect the dots of why I'm bouncing all over the place. Like he is the very best listener. And what's even cooler is he knows what we're gonna say before we even say it. That's what the Bible tells us in Psalms 139. You know what I'm gonna say even before I say it, Lord. So, so for me, journaling is some way I love to, to pray to God, but, but sometimes it is just in my mind, I, I'm you know, spewing my thoughts onto the Lord, or sometimes it's out loud. Whatever works for you, I highly recommend journaling as a good starting place, but Jesus listens and he's listening even now. The second reason Jesus is our very best friend is because he speaks, but he doesn't just speak. He speaks at the exact right moment for exactly what we need right when we need it, right? You guys all know that person that um, can sometimes say the wrong thing at the wrong time. Um, Like their timing is just off, like often, and you're like, maybe just quit speaking as much as you do. Um, Or even like maybe some, People have problems keeping secrets or like keeping surprises and they ruin those surprises. That is not me. I would never accidentally tell someone's secret. That would be embarrassing. Um, But sometimes even I think sometimes our words can get mixed up where um, we mean to say something, but what we meant to say didn't come out exactly what, how we were thinking. Um, this happened to me a few years ago, um, oh bless, um, where I was at the park with my niece. I think this may have even been before I had kids, but I, so I was with my nieces and um, my youngest niece was going down the slide and it was like a big deal. I know it sounds silly. It was like a big deal for her to accomplish going down this big, huge slide. We'd been like encouraging her to go down the slide. It's gonna be fun. So she finally does it. And as she's like coming down in my head, I'm like thinking, good job, like she did something scary, like she's so brave, like, and then for some reason my mind said, daredevil, but then what came out of my mouth is, you scary devil, and I was like, wait, I'm so, I didn't mean to say that, I don't know what just happened, something malfunctioned from my mind to my mouth, right, sometimes that can happen, um, where we just malfunction, I don't really know, um, think the Lord Jesus isn't like this, right? Jesus isn't that guy that sometimes says the wrong thing at the wrong time. Jesus knows exactly what we need at the exact right time. Like his timing is impeccable. He's never late. He's never early. He is like so on time with what he says to us when we need to hear it. 
And, and so I think um, more often than not, Jesus is speaking to us. It's just a matter of if we're listening. Um, because as we know, he is the best listener, but friendship is a two-way street. So he's speaking, but are we quiet enough to listen to what he's saying? And I do know that sometimes Jesus is silent, but I think that just because he's silent doesn't mean he's absent. And, and in his silence, there's purpose often, but I think more often than not, he's speaking. It's just a matter of whether or not we are listening. And, and I know there have been many times in my life where he has spoken to me um, through a friend who just gave me a word that I needed to hear or through a worship song or through a message or through worship or through a Bible verse where like I was reading my Bible and I desperately needed an answer and he spoke through his word to me. Um, and sometimes he just speaks in like the quietness uh, of my heart, not in an audible audible voice, but just like in the depths. And, and I just know that that's his voice. And, and I know he's speaking to me about something. And I've shared this story before, but I remember so clearly a time um, where I was spending some time in prayer with some close friends and um, I was really in a hard place. And so this friend prayed, Lord, would you show Sarah a picture or give her a vision or give her a word or a Bible verse or something that would speak to, to what she's going through right now? And I'll never forget this moment. I know exactly where I was sitting and what it looked like. And I remember so clearly the Lord gave this one word to me and he said, you're covered. And to you, you're probably like, well, that's weird. What does that mean? <laughs> you're covered. Um, and I just instantly broke because the Lord knew exactly what I needed at the exact right time. He knew that at that time I was dealing with a ton of guilt and shame for past mistakes I had made. He knew that I was dealing with the fact that I didn't even feel worthy enough to be called like a Christ follower. I was dealing with some major insecurity, some major doubt. And in one word, one word from Jesus, he spoke so much healing to my heart. He spoke so much like forgiveness over my past and my mistakes. It was incredible. And then all of a sudden, I, I remember I went to my room and I found so many verses where it talks about the Lord covering our sins. And I just remember being like, he speaks if we listen to him. If, if we will quiet ourselves enough to listen, he will absolutely speak to us and exactly what we need at the exact right time. The third reason Jesus is our very best friend, and this is probably my favorite characteristic, one of my very favorite characteristics about the friendship of God, and that is that he's constant. Um, and I feel like lately as I've um, been going through a few things, I, I recognize people can fall short and, and people can fail and people have limits, but Jesus doesn't. Like even if people have good intentions of wanting to be there for you, even me as a mom, like I wanna be there for my kids, I wanna be there for my husband, but it's not like physically possible for me to always be constant in, in every situation. Like it just, it's beyond human, human limits, but it's not beyond Jesus. For him to be constant in our life, like always, always, always. And, and I think what happens so often is um, when we feel like someone isn't there for us that should have been, whether it's a parent or a boyfriend or a girlfriend or a friend or a coach or a teacher, somebody who, who we really expected to like be there for us um, and they aren't, I think what happens is we feel super rejected, right? We, we feel hurt, we feel a little bit insecure, like this person said they were gonna be there for me and they're not, like what? 
like the, the rejection we feel um, by people is so, so very real. Um, but that's not who Jesus is. And that is not his character. His character is to be constant and consistent to his people always. There's never a season where God is gonna be away from you. And if I can just be really honest, right now in this season, I'm in a weird place. I'm in a really hard place. Um, I have some stuff going on in my personal life and I can't fully share all of the details uh, of what that looks like. Um, but but I'm, I'm having a difficult situation in my own life and um, I am finding this truth about Jesus to be so very real for me. And um, He's so, He's so good to us. And so in this season uh, of some stuff happening, I feel like at the same time as this stuff is happening, I have an absence of friends. And I'm going, I'm going through this hard time. Where are my friends? Where are these people who said they would be there for me? And right now I have no idea where they are. And I've been feeling a little bit rejected and I've been feeling a little bit hurt lately from some people that I would call close friends. But what I am learning is Jesus never fails. And Jesus is the very, very best friend that we could ever ask for that we could ever imagine. He, he listens to us when we speak and He speaks to us when we are hurting or when we're happy, He will speak to us. And Jesus is constant. He is the one constant that you will find in your life. There's nothing else more constant than the person of Jesus Christ. Matthew 28, 20 says, and be sure of this, I am with you always. I am with you always always, even to the end of the age. And I think in some of this rejection that I'm feeling, I think the truth that the Lord is speaking to me is I'm actually not rejected, but I'm fully accepted by Him. I am fully accepted from God the Father, from Jesus as my friend. He accepts all of my yuck, all of my mess, the good, the bad, the ugly, the messy, the silly, the annoying. He accepts every single part of me and He is there for me. Jesus is the one who is constant in our life. So a few weeks ago, I was having a moment where I desperately wanted a friend. I desperately wanted someone that I could reach out to and just be like, will you just please pray for me? Like I am struggling in this difficult situation in my life. And so I'm talking to the Lord and I'm like, Lord, who could I text right now? Who, who could I reach out to? And I think that's valid. I think that God gives us friends for reasons that we can reach out to, to pray for us. That's so, so valid. But I feel like as I was like listening, you know, I could text her, I could text her. Like no one really like popped up in my, in my heart, but a verse in the Bible did pop up in my heart. The Bible says in Romans 8:34, who then will condemn us? No one. For Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us. And He, Jesus, is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand, pleading for us. Right now. Jesus.
Jesus is in heaven at the right hand of the Father, and he is interceding for you on behalf of you for whatever you're struggling with. Whatever you're going through, Jesus knows it, and he is praying for you. He wants healing for you. He wants, he wants good for you, and he is at the right hand of the Father, interceding on your behalf, even now. When we put our trust in Jesus, we automatically gained the most amazing best friend that we could ever imagine. Proverbs 18, 24 says, a man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. That's Jesus. Jesus laughs with us. Jesus cries with us. Jesus gives us hope. He gives us joy. He gives us love. He heals us. Jesus fights for us. Jesus keeps his promises to us. He cares deeply and intimately for us. He is strong when we are weak. He has our best interest at mind all of the time. He shows up for us every single, every single time he shows up for us. And he loves us despite us. Despite our failures, despite our mess ups, Jesus loves us. I wanna tell you about the kind of friend that Jesus is. I was recently reading this story in Matthew um, when Judas is going to betray Jesus. The night that Jesus is betrayed, it says in Matthew 26, and even as Jesus said this, Judas, one of the 12 disciples, arrived with a crowd of men armed with swords and clubs. They had been sent by the leading priests and elders of the people. The traitor, the traitor, Judas, had given them prearranged signal. You will know which one to arrest when I greet him with a kiss. So Judas came straight to Jesus. Greetings, Rabbi, he exclaimed and gave him the kiss. Listen to what Jesus says. My friend, someone who is betraying Jesus. And Jesus says, my friend, go ahead and do what you have come for. Then the others grabbed Jesus and arrested him. That makes no sense. That makes no sense that our heavenly father would come down, Jesus would come down from heaven to, to be flesh for us, to experience this earth for us, and then die on a cross and be betrayed by someone who had been with him, walking with him for three years, who had seen the miracles he had done, who had seen Jesus raise someone from the dead, who had seen Jesus heal blind people and make lame people walk. Like Judas, Judas had seen all of that and he decided to betray Jesus friendship for 30 coins of silver and Jesus addresses him as my friend even in our yuck Jesus is still constant he is still faithful to us he still calls us friends and loves us despite us he is the very best friend that you will ever, ever know. So if you wouldn't mind closing your eyes with me, 
I just wonder if there's anyone in this room that like me might be feeling a little bit rejected. Maybe, maybe for you, it's not a group of friends. Maybe you're like, man, my friends are solid. But maybe for you, it's a boyfriend who has completely rejected you. Maybe it's a girlfriend who's like, nope, not anymore, I'm done with you. Maybe it's a teacher, a coach, a sibling, a parent, someone in your life you thought should be there for you is not there for you. And you feel hurt and you feel rejected and you don't understand. Jesus has freedom for you tonight. Our best friend wants to heal those hurts in your heart and in your mind. But the first step is we have to choose to forgive. We have to. Jesus forgave all of our sins, past, present, and future. Jesus has forgiven our sins, our many, many yucky things that we don't even wanna talk about. Jesus has forgiven them and he is asking us to do the same of others. He's asking us to choose forgiveness. So right now, just in the privacy of your own heart, just in the quietness of your own heart, would you choose to forgive whoever's hurt you by rejection? That prayer simply looks like, Jesus, I choose to forgive my friend who I thought was gonna be there for me, and now they're not. And I don't know why, and I don't understand, but they simply are not there, but I choose to forgive them. Just take a minute to, to really do that, to work through that. Choose to forgive her for hurting me in this way. I choose to forgive him for not being there when they said they would be. Choose to forgive them for rejecting me. Jesus, help us. So right now, Jesus, I speak healing to that wound of rejection in every person's heart where, where they have felt rejected in some form or fashion by someone. Jesus, I, I speak healing and Jesus, I ask that you would bind that wound. I ask that you would begin to just pick up those pieces and put them back together. Where we feel shattered, where we feel so broken and so hurt. Jesus, I speak your healing over each and every one in this room right now. You are a healer. And you are so faithful to do that. So 
So right now in the name of Jesus, I bind up and I cast out a spirit of rejection over every single one of these students, every single one of Blue Team, 4640 staff. I bind up a spirit of rejection and I say no. In Jesus' name, you have no power, you have no authority over us. And we choose God's acceptance. We, we know that we are an adopted child of God. When we come into relationship with Jesus, He chooses us every single time. He comes after us, He pursues us. So rejection be gone. You no longer have hold over any one of us. And Jesus, I speak love and healing and acceptance by our Heavenly Father by the Holy Spirit, by our friend, Jesus Christ. Thank you, Jesus. You are so good and you are so kind and we love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thanks for listening to the 4640 Student Center Podcast. For more information on what's happening at 4640, you can check us out on social media and at our website, 4640gj.com. Service times are Tuesday and Wednesday nights. Hope to see you there.